There you go. Yeah. Hello, LinkedIn. We're live, live on the Onalytica company page. Um, and I'm doing the intro today, so Tim asked me to do it. So uh, hopefully I don't mess it up. Uh, I'd like to introduce you today to Sherelle Robinson-Brown. Um, Sherelle works for SAP. And I'm going to read it out because it's quite a long title, Sherelle, all right? Go so right I don't want to mess it up. Right right. Head of Digital sell Selling executive branding program so we are going to touch on that and gamification for digital selling and digital selling is quite a topical thing at the minute so um mm -hmm. but we first met didn't we Sherelle a, a few weeks ago on one of the SAP radio shows yeah. and yeah. um just the things that you were just coming out with were like just sound bites you need to write a book I think of all the little sayings that you've I'll, take, I'll take that advice I will take that advice thank you for having me so great There's to be here Oh, that's all right. I mean, maybe what we could do, just while folks are seeing this going live in, in the page, maybe you can just give us a bit of an overview of what you do for a role, where you're based, um, and a little bit about yourself. So. so in addition to what you said about digital selling and executive branding, I am primary, primarily focused right now on digital marketing as well. So digital marketing and trying to get those folks to get some sort of digital presence, right? Because we always associate social with selling and of course the program was named digital selling but we have a caveat to that and it's called digital presence because you have to have some sort of presence online to make an impact if people don't know where to find you you really can't do business because a lot of business is done online primarily it's done online especially in this climate so in addition to those duties that you outlined i'm also doing digital marketing as well um where are you based, Sherelle? Where are I'm you? I'm based out of Pennsylvania. So I'm at the SAP office, uh, Newtown Square, Pennsylvania. I'm in a suburb outside of Philadelphia um, called Upper Dublin or Glenside, however you want to talk to it. Um, and yeah, I'm there and I have two beautiful children, an amazing husband. I am a sports mom. My kids play sports. I'm recently really focusing on my health that from a personal level. So I'm doing everything to keep myself as healthy as possible in this climate, right? Because, you know, we could have sat around and eat and just gained weight and I decided to go the other way. So I'm trying to be, I'm the resistor. Sherelle, just before you came on, Tim, Sherelle was telling us that she does 2000 skipping jumps every day. Every morning. Every day. Well, I, I, I actually felt quite good coming into this call. Now I feel, you know, really <laughs> like I need to to catch up and uh, and make sure I go out running. <laughs> yes. so. And I actually do the, those two thousand jumps on social media live. Do you? Yes, yes, yes. Tell them. You've got to tell us a bit more about that. Why do you do yeah. that then? To hold you yourself know, accountable. Like I, said, I started during the pandemic riding my bike because I just needed to get out. And riding your bike is you know, social distancing. So I could uh, respect the social distancing aspect of it. Um, and then I got into doing some cardio in the house and then I decided, you know what? And I started this in January and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but in Pennsylvania, we got some really inclement weather. We got some <laughs> snow, got a lot of freezing rain and all of that. And I said, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this in the hardest conditions and I need to do it every day because I need to show up for me. So that helped me gain a level of consistency that I never had before. So I decided to start jumping rope and I started with 200. And one day I said, I'm going to kill myself, but I'm going to push through to this 1000. And I have been doing 1000 since the beginning, I'm sorry, the middle of January and decided two weeks ago we would do 2000. And we've been doing 2000 for two weeks at 6.15 a.m. every day. 
And the social media thing, though, what's the link into that then? Because you say you do it live on social. Or I do it I... live on, it's on my personal social media account. Yeah, but is yeah. That, that's really cool. So it's like a community. Yes, yeah, community. I have people join me because, you know, on Instagram, people can join you on the live. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do that. It's a lot of fun. I have a lot of people who support me. Um, I'm not trying to do anything but be consistent and show up every day. And there, there are health benefits from that. So. I'm well, really I think just just immediately, I can see that your your energy and passion and commitment to that consistency is uh, is amazing because consistency is the thing that I find the hardest thing in socials. So um, it, it looks like you're living and breathing that. And I just feel really like I need to do more fitness having spoken to you. I've got two kids as well and 6.15, I'm trying to sleep, but uh, maybe I just need to wake up earlier because yeah, 6.15, hopefully they're not awake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do, it, I do it. It's all it's all intentional, Tim. I do it at 615 because that is a hard time to wake up and get going. Right. I do. This is intentional for me. I want to do the hard stuff. It's eating my frog. Have you guys ever read that book yes. by Brian Tracy? So that's my frog. Every day I eat a frog at 6.15. <laughs> that's amazing. Cheryl, so what, what you are quite a determined person. And you when you set a routine, you are obviously on it. What's your Tell us about your journey in social as an employee of SAP. When did you suddenly discover social media communities? Well, and let me take you back to that. Okay. That's so I was always on social from a personal level. But from a professional level... Um, I joined Tier Kirsten Boyleau's team um, and she was she created this entire baby and I absolutely am so passionate about digital selling. I love it. I don't focus as heavily on it as I used to. So that executive branding program, even though I started it and I created it, it's been passed along to someone else because that's not my uh, focus area anymore. I still dabble in it. I still do it from a personal level. If there are uh, people who reach out to me, I will help them with LinkedIn because a lot of people are on other social platforms, but they are very, for some reason, intimidated by LinkedIn. And I just don't understand why. And I think it's because it's so conservative. But, you know, I'd like to talk to more people about why they are intimidated by LinkedIn. Like it's not a big deal. People think that LinkedIn is only for recruitment or trying to find a job, but it has so much fun, so many functions and so much functionality for other things, especially connecting with people. And people really need to take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting point. So do you feel like that's the major challenge that people think it's for recruitment? Or do you think that? you know, other social channels are a much faster pace. So you feel like you might share something and not many people are going to see it, but LinkedIn, the content sticks around more. It's more, you're, you're going to be judged professionally on what you say. Like, are they the main factors? People, I think uh, the main factors are both of those, Tim, right? I think it's because people think that um, they're being watched, especially if you think that LinkedIn is for looking for a job. And your boss may see it and, you know, they may say, hey, are you searching for a job? Are you trying to get out of here? I don't think people should be intimidated by that at all because it's you always want to consistently improve. Right. Lately, I have been having a lot of challenges with time management and I am trying to use these things to get better. So don't look at it as a a weakness or a, a fault, use it. It's a, a social platform. It allows you to connect with groups. It allows you to collect with, 
connect with people who are have gone to the same school have you that you've gone to it allows you to connect with everybody so the connections are a part of increasing your business whether you're in sales marketing hr services you want people to see your product or service and the only way they'll see it on a professional platform in a conservative manner is by getting on LinkedIn or something similar. Yeah. So for those that are just tuning in and just watching now, so we're coming we're coming out of this from two different directions with Sherelle from SAP. Because um, mm -hmm. Sherelle in her own right has got a social media brand, but she also helps other employees and executives do it. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting actually because this morning I, I ran a bit of an objection handling workshop with a client and they mm -hmm. and that, you know, quite often they were saying, you know, well, I want to move away from social media because it's a bit too noisy. I can't find the content that I want. And, you know, this is... Um, this is a bit of a tricky thing for people. I think they get a bit scared, especially subject matter experts. You know, mm -hmm. they don't want to be picked apart for their mm -hmm. for their knowledge. Um, what what else do you think is making executives resistant? So, in your role as a, of executive branding on social media and supporting executives, mm -hmm. what are the other resistant factors, and what where what do you think? You know, where, where do you think that's coming from for them? Yeah, that's why I mentioned time management because yeah. time they don't have time. They just, they don't make time. They ah, have, that's they different. <laughs> it's not a priority. And so I say to that, and this is a controversial statement, but I say to that, if you want to do something, you'll do it, right? It's, it's no excuse. If you don't do it, you probably didn't want to do it or, yeah. you, or, you're miss, or you're missing it or you don't understand it. That's yeah. another, I'm not going to say, I won't be that controversial. You don't understand it. That's why there's an element of fear there. Or you don't want to do it. You won't make time. Yeah. Well, you're you're a, an absolute testament to that. Getting up at six fifteen in the morning yeah. and doing two thousand skipping rope jumps. So you make the time if you yeah. want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Um, uh, Christoph, thank Christoph Trapp. Oh yeah. Uh, joined and posted a comment. Thanks for doing that. And Christoph said, "I totally expect people to judge my LinkedIn content. Post with that in mind." And I and I think I think it is. It is a, just a wonderful content channel, but it is business focused, and and you know that's what's great about LinkedIn. But uh, so I think we're all in agreement with that. I love what you say about people either don't want to, or they don't make time, or they don't understand. Because I've thought that execs have really been successful at scaling their organization through their expertise, through what they're good at, and social is that leveler where a lot of people who are younger or beneath them are better at it than them. And it's a very humbling experience to kind of open yourself up and to post it, you know, maybe in a wrong fashion or not as good as someone else can do it. So it, it is it is an exposing leveler that that I think is hard for them to um, to be able to um, sort of grasp and to uh, to embrace, if you like. I say to that, Tim, I totally agree with what you said. I'll add to that as a caveat. You know, if there is an element of fear in something, if you learn about it, you deconstruct it, you understand and you realize it's not so scary. And fear is is a driver. People connect through fear. There are a bunch of people who are sitting out there who have been trained, who have amazing experience, who have amazing content, and they will not get on social. And we're losing out because we want to hear from you, right? We want to hear all of that amazing stuff that you've learned and experienced. And it doesn't have to be in a particular format. Share If you share your story, 
No one can pick that apart. They really can't because it's your story and it's your experience. And social has some protectors from that. If they are trying to pick apart what you're saying or deconstruct what you're saying in a negative manner, there's a button called the X or the block or unfriend or unfollow, and you can easily do that. But I think some of that gives you tougher skin, some of that information that you're getting back. And when you look at it, people who are saying hurtful things on social or being unfair or ignorant, they're, 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 they don't understand. They don't understand at all. So just, you know, you can kind of ignore that because it really doesn't hold water, it, it, you know, to say mean things and to do mean things. So we need to get out of the mind space of what other people are going to do and get into the mind space of what other people will learn from my testimony, from my story, from what I've experienced. And I just go out and share that. I think that's a fascinating point, actually. <clears throat> I told you my voice was going, Tim. Yeah. I told you. I, I can't. I've been coughing all day, but nothing well, bad. Nothing Tim's bad. Tim's show was talking about eating the frog early in the morning. It yeah. seems, like you, seems like you are developing one. So, <laughs> yes, um, as we yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to take over, I think. <clears throat> I'm going to have to put myself on mute or something. I was going to ask, actually, Sherelle, because oh, mm. the point's gone now. Oh, yeah, LinkedIn. It's not mm. a scary space, actually. Just, by and large, it's a really lovely platform. Mm. I mean, I know a lot of things happen on Twitter, but there are micro communities on Twitter, you know, where really good stuff happens. And mm. I think sometimes we do get fearful that we're going to get picked apart. But generally speaking, LinkedIn is a very supportive community. Um, and it's people who want to learn, want to develop, want to share, want to connect. You know, it's not a frightful place. And actually, the micro communities on link on Twitter are brilliant. I was going to ask. So the question is, where are you on social? Where, where do you operate? Where do you spend most of your time? Typically, is it LinkedIn? I, is it? I actually spend a lot of time. Well, I spend time on LinkedIn because that's part of my job. So I spend a, a good portion of my time there. I spend a lot and I'm starting to help more people with LinkedIn or to understand it. So that's a bulk of it. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. A lot of time on Instagram. A lot of time on TikTok. You can get lost in a TikTok portal and just go down. <laughs> so I've made videos with my puppy, with my kids. I've done all the trendy dances. I've done all that stuff. Because, you know, it's fun for my children. I have an 18-year-old and a 10-year-old, right? And they're on TikTok. That's their platform. I don't do Snapchat at all. At no. I don't like it. I don't know how to use it. Um, I'll use the filters and do a video and post it on Instagram. So I use the functionality of Snapchat, but nothing else. I don't post on Snapchat. I use Facebook intermittently, and I used to be a heavy Facebook user. And when I go back and look at the development that I've had over some of these years on Facebook, some of the posts that I used to put, I'm like, wow, why did I ever put that? But I don't delete it because I like to see how I've evolved over the years. Yeah. You're the first person that we've had on this series that is a TikTok user. Don't you think, Tim? <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember anybody else who is a TikTok user. Yeah, I, I use TikTok. I do. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, I think I think there may be like one other, but hardly anyone else. Um, no, no. Yeah, TikTok is records so there. It's a lot. And, and I love what you talk about, Shrella, leaving your posts up, which you might not be proud of to see the journey that you've had. It's almost like Ed Sheeran sharing his initial music videos, which he said were absolutely horrible. <laughs> you know, he said when he he recorded some initial ones, he he sounded awful. Like no one would give him a gig. And you know he actually promotes those and shares them almost like look how look how far I've come, 
Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's good because it is all out there. But you know, it's like a CV. Uh, so you wouldn't say, okay, when we were eighteen, um, we had to have like really sophisticated content, you know, mm-hmm. within the tech space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would probably say something pretty dumb about the tech industry as an eighteen-year-old. But actually, you know, it doesn't matter because it was at that time. So I think that's pretty cool to not like be afraid of what's happened in the past because of the maturity of your of your journey. And it helps other people as well, Tim. So if someone sees me now and they see me at a level of development or evolution and they say, wow, she's posting great content. I like her. I want to engage with her. And they look at my old stuff. That may be an incentive for them. Say, you know what? She did do bad in the beginning because it was horrible. It was horrible. (laughs) And now I feel like I've gotten better. And maybe two years from now, I'm going to think that the content that I'm putting out now is horrible. But I want people to see that. And that can help. Again, that can help somebody. It's part of my journey and part of my story. So Yeah. And that, I think, appeals to the people that you're also trying to inspire to get on their social journey as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful, Sherelle. I love it. Mm-hmm. Look, I'd, I'd love to understand, because you, you talked about the different platforms that you're on. Um, do you have some kind of routine then? Because you are a busy lady by the sounds of it, 6, 30 in the morning. And how, do you, how do you fit social into your day? Because there might be some folks on here that we always ask this, don't we, of the people that we talk to. But how do you fit it? I mean, I, you know, is there a routine? Do you have a... Yeah, it's pretty much a routine because, again, time management is one of my challenges. So, um, and tactics are one of my challenges. So I try to be, I try to be as tactical as possible. I'm more of a strategy person. I like to see the big picture and then let's find some way to get it done magically, snap your fingers, but it doesn't happen that way. Um, so yes, back to my schedule. I do have a schedule in the morning so that I can handle my personal business and then it's to work. It's work business. So that 615 jump, that's for me. I go get a juice and I talk to friends on live just about different various topics. Um, That's for me. And then after that, it's work time. So then I'm transitioning kind of over to LinkedIn more Ah. instead of Mm -hmm. So I do have some sort of routine. And then at night, I have a book read that I do that I join. I either host or co-host or read along um, for a woman, Stormy Wellington. She has a book. Uh, called the quiet storm it's you know about her journey it's a really really transparent story so we're doing that we just read td jake's book um drop the mic um so i do the book club thing and that's live as well so we want people to see us on social media or i like people to see me on social media doing different things um outside of you know the professional level so that they can see there is a balance and it is possible yeah that there's a thing there sorry i'm Got another question, Tim. Did you want to ask something? No, go go for it. Because you talked about personal and professional divide. This is one that comes up quite a lot. It's like, how do I, how authentic, I've just got that in there, Tim. How authentic can I be on social? Should I keep social for business or should I be a little bit more human on social as well? Where's the, you know, where's the divide? Because you say, you know, when it's in work time, I'm straight on LinkedIn. When I had a work, I'm back on Instagram. So do you compartmentalize your your channels, your life, your like that? Or do you do you mix it up a little bit? Do you talk about topics that interest you or how does that yeah. work? Well, I'll talk about professional topics on my personal Instagram, but I won't talk about personal topics on my professional LinkedIn. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. I keep it professional on LinkedIn with the other and i do separate them like i don't follow work people on instagram i don't follow work people on facebook because those are my 
professional. I, I may go out and have a drink and somebody may be against that or, you know, I won't get drunk. But, you know, it's those things that you have to keep separate. I make yeah. dog posts. Nobody from work wants to see that, I don't think. You know, <laughs> those are the things that, you know, I feel like should be separated. And it allows you to be who you are on those different platforms because I am a combination of different qualities and different experiences. So if I keep them separate, keep the LinkedIn stuff, the personal stuff, the jump stuff, the fitness stuff, all of that on Instagram and TikTok and uh, Facebook. And then I go to LinkedIn and I can be my professional self with a little, you know, there's a little controversy that can be in Instagram. I'm a black female. There was a post that someone put up an amazing post and it talked about how she was ostracized for her hair. Our hair is a different texture. And a lot of black women have experienced hair drama at work, right? Because our hair can be big, it could be small like ours, it could be long, it could be short. And there is a level of ignorance about black women's hair. And so she talked about that and I chimed in. And that was, I was very apprehensive about reposting her content, but I thought it was needed. It was well-written. It was so professional. So I decided to go ahead because diversity and inclusion is a part of the professional workplace. But if that was something that I posted on Instagram, I wouldn't have hesitated at all. I would have said, this is a great article. This is how I feel. And I would have shared more of my experience, but I decided to read her entire article and post it or repost it. Um, and I got a lot you did. I saw it. It was amazing. It was an amazing post. But I think I think this is where we've discussed this with other interviews as well. It's it's almost that I think the filter is what you would say in a business dinner. You know, if you were in person with people, would you share that story? And you would say, like, I, I've seen this amazing article. I think that she's got a very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you hesitated because it's that filter, which like, is this relevant to a business audience? And 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 actually, I see more and more exec leaders posting about their families on LinkedIn mm. and getting some really big engagement. And and I'm just wondering, you know, because I agree with you. Like, you know, I like to keep my personal life separate mm. on Facebook or you know Instagram a bit, but um, it's much more on sort of LinkedIn, Twitter, business conversations. So, is are they getting good engagement because their fellow employees and their colleagues are just thinking that it's great that they're proud that their daughter or son has you know um, got some degree at college or university? You know that's a good thing. A lot of people like that, but is, is that really driving business am- impact, or are they just connecting with their fellow employees and showing up as a person? I mean, do you have a viewpoint on? guidelines for that and glad you said that because i was thinking that when you were were talking in the beginning both of it both of them it's i am a human and i am a professional and it's also this is very valid to who i am as a professional i am proud that my daughter just graduated from high school or college um so I may be a happier employee because I now I'm, I have that weight off of me. It's just a combination of things. So I do believe that, yes, everyone should humanize themselves on even professional platforms. The level of humanization, though, is what you have to be careful with. And I don't want to go in and cause fear for people who are already apprehensive about it, but you have to, that's why I love the way Kirsten set this program up, the digital selling program, because it's three buckets. They did a lot of research for this. It's three buckets, it's branding. How do you brand yourself as a professional? And on a personal level, but we'll talk professional now. 
What does your profile picture look like? What information are you sharing? What experiences do you have? How much activity do you have? What groups are you connected with? That's professional. You can humanize that part of you especially for executives, because it helps the right people reach out and connect with you. There are so many tips and tricks that you can do. So branding is the first one. Secondly, you should be listening to what the people that you want to connect with, what are they saying? What are their challenges? What are their hopes and dreams? What are they saying about their kids graduating or their kids' accomplishments or their son finally scored a goal in football or soccer, right? So those are the things that will help people connect with you. What school did you go to? You graduated from the University of Pennsylvania? Oh, so did I. That's great. That's awesome. Let's have breakfast when COVID is over or let's connect on a business level. So those things are very important to include in your professional profile because people want to see, okay, are you this executive? But you have things that I can talk about. These are conversation starters. So you have to listen. Listening is such an important element of digital selling, of social media influencing, um, it's as equally important as branding and then as sharing, right? Because you can brand yourself, you can listen to conversations. And once you do those two things, and it has to be in that order, branding first and then listening. And because when you listen, if you brand yourself first and you listen, you will understand how to change and involve your brand. So I think it's cyclical. It's iterative. You go from branding, you got a brand, then you get out there and listen. And the people that you want to connect with are talking about something different. Maybe I'll change my profile summary a little bit so that I can resonate more with those people. And then you have to share. You can't brand and then listen and get all this great information and then hold it in. We want to hear from you now. Like you've done what you need to do, but it has to be in that order and it has to be those three things and they are all equally important. Some people may say, oh, I branded, I my branded myself and now I'm listening to conversations and I got some great information. Okay, buy social media. No, no, no. Now you have to share, whether it's basic, intermediate or advanced. Basic is just, you know, sharing um, or liking a post and maybe commenting. And then, you know, you listen. So you may repost somebody else's content um, and you share and then you comment and then advance is creating original content. You may read an article and you have an addendum to that. You know, this article talked about that and I want to talk more about this. So those things are very important. That's why I'm so happy to have been a part of the digital selling program at SAP. I still support it, but it is not my primary function. We've just had a masterclass in exactly how to. <laughs> That's brilliant, Sherelle. Yes. And we've got some folks commenting as well. I don't know if you can see it, Sherelle, on the side. Yeah, I can. But, I do. Um, yeah, so TikTok's evolved. Quality, so I love this one from Ludmilla. Um, quality social has replaced the morning paper and coffee. Hasn't it just? Hasn't yeah. it just? There's something you mentioned, actually, Sherelle, I wanted to dig into, which is um, your topics. Because I thought that post you shared on LinkedIn was brilliant and it educated me in a topic that I wasn't aware of right so in that way I learn what are your go-to topics do you have topics that you own on social that you kind of think this is what I want conversations around um I would think my top my top 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 one is diversity and inclusion and it's because of who I am right I'm a black female in America we all know what comes with that and if we don't there's a lot of content out there that will help you understand what that is. But diversity and inclusion, I think, is the top thing. And I'm raising two black females. I'm, I'm, I have two daughters, right? And it's tough. So to get un, 
to get people to understand who you are and how you work. For instance, the article that we talked about, right? Sarah talked about black hair in the workplace. That one is going to educate people. However, it's saying to everybody out there and you don't want, let me see, you don't want people to sympathize with you, but you want them to empathize with you, right? So I may be having an exceptionally hard day because I have a certain hairstyle and I'm getting a hard time for it. And you're looking for me to do something for work. And I'm struggling with who I am naturally. It's hard. So that article hit the nail right on the head. And that's what pushed me over the edge. Like people need to understand about these things. This is how we all work with each other. You know, I may have someone who is from another country and there may be war in their country. I need to understand that's probably why they're having a bad day. So if you understand the personal aspects, that's why social listening is so important, right? If you're listening from a social platform, you kind of know what's going on in the world. You kind of know what's going on with a certain group of people, a specific group of people. And then that helps you understand why they may have challenges, why they may not have responded to something or done something or or done it the way you would have liked to seen it done. It, it's, it's a whole bunch of things. So I would say my top topic is diversity and inclusion. Uh, um, we have so many ages in the workplace, so many di different types of people. We have people who have gender identities that may be different from traditional gender identities. And you have to respect all of that in the workplace. So it's a lot. So I do understand why people are intimidated by social because some people just don't know what to say and they don't want to say the wrong things. But education is part of that. Again, that's why social listening is so important. Know what people are talking about and the struggles that they're having and the challenges that they're having. And you can help. You may just say, thank you for sharing that article. I never understood this before. It gives me some insight. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's a really good a really good piece of advice for uh, for our listeners because and Danielle Guzman talks a lot about this that just actually acknowledging the article and saying I learned something or picking out something makes the the person who's posting it feel like they that they've been read and acknowledged and and that contributes you don't have to necessarily comment on exactly what you thought of it or disagree or add a comment you can actually just acknowledge and you know, I think that's I think that's really great advice. Mm -hmm. And and you know, Tim, uh, that is right. Acknowledgement. You don't. And honestly, the things that I disagree with, I don't patronize. I don't visit those sites. I don't visit those people's accounts. I just leave them to their own devices because just like I have the right to share my opinion, other people do too. And they may have a different viewpoint or different paradigms than me. And that's all okay. See, when we understand that you have a right to do what you're doing, as long as you're not hurting anyone, I do too. And so does Sarah and so does everyone else. And when you go in with that mindset, even if you don't acknowledge it because you may not agree with it or you may not understand it. Or you may agree with the other side of that, like the hair challenge thing, for instance. Uh -huh. People may say, well, I have friends that are black females and they don't have hair challenges. That's all fine. Doesn't mean that I'm not having those challenges or that the author of the article wasn't having those challenges. It just means that your friends are not. So it shows you two sides of a coin. Some people are having those challenges. Some people are not. And it's okay to voice your opinion 
or to acknowledge, but just make sure you're not being mean, unkind, and ignorant. Because ignorance, a lot of times, ignor even in fear, ignorant, it's fearful because you're ignorant. You don't know what's going on. doesn't mean you're ignorant in a bad way. It just means you don't have the knowledge about this thing, and it may be causing fear for you. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I've got a, I've got a, a slightly different question because I'm really, um, I'm really keen on understanding your opinion on this. Um, a lot of social selling programs are accused of execs or employees talking to other people within their own organization that they're not driving impact, you know, with their target customers. You've also talked about the three stages of branding, listening, and then sharing on social. How do you encourage? salespeople or exec leaders, subject matter experts, to listen on LinkedIn when it's a more challenging platform mm -hmm. to find your target audience, listen to what they're talking about, and then post. Because the algorithms will mainly push content towards you who, in, who are already interacting with your content, which tends to be your fellow employees. Mm -hmm. So how do you help the employees drive external impact through listening? On so, LinkedIn. Like, so like I said, we talked about that executive branding program and we go over the branding, the listening and the sharing. And a lot of that listening piece of it is discovery. Go out and do searches. This is how you listen. LinkedIn has the best, the best, the most amazing search capabilities out there. I'm sorry. That's yeah. the truth. They have a very, very robust search engine and the advanced search is like a page long under the fold. So you can discover who other people are. You can discover different countries, different regions. And so we talk about how to do that step by step, all in that listening phase. So I think I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that. And that's why we're here, right? That's why you're here and Sarah's here. And <laughs> you have amazing guests like me. So we can help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. I think we take it for granted a little bit that people don't realize the amazing capability of a platform like like LinkedIn when and what you can learn about people and how you can how that can open conversations. That's the thing that, you know, I got from it, Sherelle. Mm. One, one thing I was quite curious to learn about is how you find content because um, you talk about listening and learning from others but how do you what do you read and how do you find articles because there'll be folks on here that'll be thinking what's your trick for like learning how do, how do you find stuff to learn from so there are some things that are externally driven like Kirsten may ask uh you know what we want you guys to do, she may ask her team we want you to do some research on a particular topic and then come back and feed it to the rest of the team so those are externally driven things. So I'll learn that way. I'll say, you know what, let me, we've been talking lately in our team meetings about X topic. Let's go and explore that more. And there are some things that are internally driven. You know, my kid can have a headache and I go online and Google adolescent head. I, you know, it's a lot of factors that drive content. I'm pretty open to what I read about. I've been reading about meditation a lot, just based on my lifestyle. I've been reading about exercise over 40. I've been reading about uh, Cavapoo puppies because I have one. I've been reading about how to get people to connect with LinkedIn more, like what drives people, what are those fears are, what are their apprehensions. I'm going to be doing some, you know, more research on different topics that interest me throughout the day. I may have a, 
topic that I'm interested in, how to publish an audio book. Tim just talked about eBooks, those things, you know, in conversations I get, okay, you know what, let me write that on my whiteboard. I'm going to research that and find out more about it. Are you able to show us your whiteboard? Uh, <laughs> no, not someone. I have a note to my kids. They messed up my office while I was away. I was in Vegas. Yeah, this past yeah. week, and it's a pretty nasty note. So <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> we should see that. We did try to get someone else to do that, didn't we? Cause she said, I've got these things that I do every day and I move them across and, um, <laughs> Oh, it's great. I think everyone we should get on here should just move the camera to behind yes. their desk and we just see what people got because they've got personal notes, motivational oh. messages, different stuff yeah. is, is quite, quite uh, Yeah, I mean, mine looks quite orchestrated, right? But until you look down there, that's mm -hmm. not good. That's mm -hmm. where everything just gets like <laughs> out the way. Yeah. And, you know, I think your, your background is another thing, right? Because you're yes. talking about social. So you can see that for me, I'm into meditation. That's what I'm doing right now. I have an amazing photo that my daughter painted of herself in school. And it says so much because look, she has a mask on. Like we don't draw pictures like that, but now all of a sudden children are, you know, this is one of her self portraits she did for art class and it has outer space on it. And Saturn is her favorite planet. And she put that up there. You know, she has her little scrunchies on her arm. This picture means so much to me, I think because it's amazing. She's 10 years old and she did that, but it says so much to me. And her eyes have a kind of glazed over look because she's doing virtual school and, you know, yeah. you're like tired of this. So, yeah. you know, you can kind of look at someone's background too and tell what they're interested in, um, yeah. what you see behind them. Well, we've had some amazing guests, actually, haven't we? That have got some incredible backgrounds. Some Timo Elliott from SAP, we had him on. He was changing his clothes whilst he was talking to us. Mm -hmm. Not literally, I might add. It was digitally. So okay. he wasn't. It was yeah. amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. He definitely had the green screen. He did. Yes, it was impressive. So I, I just, I've, I've got a, a question, um, Cheryl, about the gamification part of your role. Yeah. Can you speak a bit more about gamification on social and how that can be you know uh, leverage or utilize in a workplace so gamification on the in the workplace on social is things like you know we run global contests or we used to run global contests where we would tell people okay here's your starting ssi and you're at a 25 and the ssi goes up to 100 and maybe you know you can do things to get better and we take them through the entire gamut of what digital selling is or what digital presence is and we show them how to do everything step by step we give them demos on how to use linkedin how to do these searches and how to address all three buckets of digital selling branding listening and sharing right once they do that they're ready to go and based on what they do how they share what their brand looks like who they connect with their social selling index will increase according to what they their activity and so we put a contest together you have a starting ssi of this the top three people who have the top um increase in percentage of their sap i'm sorry their ssi score these acronyms their ssi score will win you know, an Apple Watch or a gift card or an SAP Appreciate Award. So those are the types of gamification elements we do professionally, but you can also do that personally. If you have a product or service, 
You can give somebody a sample kit of a product if you have it. You can give them, I'll give you one hour of my services. So those are all things that you can gamify. And you can do that based on whatever behavior that you're trying to change. That's what gamification is. It encourages a behavior change with some sort of tangible or intangible incentive behind it. And so I love gamification for that reason. People will, re if there's a contest or a challenge and they can do something, they'll do it. They will engage. That's why that call to act CTAs are really important. And gamification and CTAs go hand in hand. Yeah. Call to actions. Call to actions. Yeah, love it. And hello, Sally. I've seen you've left a comment there. She said, um, Sally said, totally agree. Can personalize things, can open up new conversations. And a beautiful picture, she Thank said. You. Thank well. you so there much. You I, I completely agree with your, your contest. I, I was fascinated when I was in the U.S., we were exhibiting at a conference and you know, and they said to us, uh, would you like to give some free, you know, free giveaway to some of the people at the conferences? And we said, well, you can have a free spin of our wheel if you want it, because we had this like gimmicky wheel, which, you know, which had like 10 different options. Mm -hmm. Everyone came to the stand to say, I'd like a free spin of the wheel. Mm -hmm. And you know, they just did it because they could. And it was a contest. And mm -hmm. I didn't think anyone would turn up, but people love contests. People love competitions, yeah. especially when when there's visibility or they can get something for free. And yeah. I don't think it's used enough. Yeah, contests and gamification, there's a psychological element to that. Mm. You know, as far as accomplishments, maybe someone hasn't had an accomplishment in a while and they're kind of feeling down on themselves. And spinning a wheel is easy, right? You spin the wheel and you get whatever comes from that. And that is a sense of accomplishment for some people. It's a whole. It's it's all psychological, and people understand that that type of uh, element is psychological as well. It's free marketing. Social mm. media is free marketing. You can put your product, your service. You can advertise for friends and family who have businesses. It is the best thing ever. Like it's it's totally. It's totally something that'll help you win if you use it properly. Uh, yeah, I love it. Do you know, it just reminded me, I don't know why it came to my head. The last time I won a competition, I was 12 years old and I won a shell suit in a designer Valentine's Day card. <laughs> <laughs> How ridiculous is that? So, and so, I've just so realized needs I've more appreciation. It. I've missed it, Tim. Mm -hmm. I do. I wouldn't mind a competition, actually. Mm -hmm. I did so, look at the lottery. So but. I'm excited to see the Tribal Impact, what kind of competition Tribal Impact is going to come up with. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking I've written it down. I've well, unfortunately, it. Sarah can't win her own award. Otherwise, that no. would be bad leadership. So Yes. Oh, know, thanks. Bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I need to enter your own competition. Analytica mm -hmm. needs to do something. Mm -hmm. I was going to win. I can't believe how, how we're running out of time here, Sherelle. Um, yeah. I did have one. Incentives oh, on. are not just um tangible like you can give badges and certificate you don't have to give out a product or a service you can do a badge like you come up with you know cert three levels i guess of what you want people to progress through a program this is how you engage people you lock them in you say you know what you can be bronze you can be silver and you can be platinum or gold right and then if you do this you're bronze but it'll take two more steps for you to become silver or three more steps for you to become gold and platinum. So you can lock people into a system in a very, very positive way and give them a sense of accomplishment. It's all psychological. But go ahead. I interrupted your question. No, do you know, you've just tri triggered something. We've got the Olympics starting in a couple of weeks time. Haven't we? 
So anybody who's thinking about gamifying a program of some kind, you could tie it into, you know, the gold, mm -hmm. silver, mm -hmm. bronze. So yeah, I did, I had one, switching gears a little bit, I did have one more question, Sherelle, which mm -hmm. is about analytics and tracking mm -hmm. and measuring. It's a question mm -hmm. that comes up every time when it comes to social media. Do you want to share your thoughts on this topic? So that's the conversation that you and I had with Bonnie, right? So we and Steve, right? So analytics are very important. Analytics will help you understand where you were and where you want to go and how good you're doing at it. Analytics measure performance, period. It's not difficult. There are so many analytics. Google has a bunch of analytics for free. You don't have to pay for some of them. If you want more robust, detailed numbers, of course, there are probably fees involved. But you can get analytics from Google. LinkedIn, let's go back to LinkedIn, gives you amazing analytics. Looking at your likes and shares, those are analytics. Looking at your insights, those are analytics. So even if you're doing those small things, you are using analytics. Okay, I posted, uh, let's just say, I'll give you an example of something personal. I posted... I take this sea moss, okay, and it is a different type of sea moss, and I eat a lot of fruit from Chick-fil-A, so I got a fruit cup from Chick-fil-A, I added almonds and, and coconut, and I drizzled the sea moss on. The sea, for some reason, and I put it on a reel on Instagram, and for some reason, I got 2,000 insults, like it was, it was crazy numbers of numbers that I've never gotten before. And when I saw it, I'm like, wow, so people really just like these reels. Reels are popular. So I learned that. So every time I do a video, I put it in reel and I get a lot of activity around that. So reels are my go-to. And I realized that, be, realized that because I did it and I get more numbers from the reels than I do from just the static posts. And of course, video and any imagery, anything multimedia rich media converts better so reels are the thing so i just learned that from analytics i say all that to say analytics are so so very important you cannot get by with analytics even if you're not getting into the weeds of the difficult analytics and people again are fearful of those fearful of those numbers they get upset and they get crazy with the numbers it's not difficult looking at your likes your comments and your shares are analytics so yes use them for your social media platforms, no matter what they are, because you will see what works better for your social media, and then you can do more of that. Amazing. I think we've got to wrap it up, right, Tim? Because you you got to shoot off, I think, haven't you? You've got something coming up. Well, I think we've yeah, we've all, all the life the life of back to back you know hourly <laughs> meetings. But uh, I think it's been such a great pleasure speaking to you, Shrell. I've I definitely oh, going to get up earlier, having mm -hmm. spoken to you, and I think you're very. Uh, amazing at how intentional you are and you know very energetic and and passionate and you know I, I love what you say about uh, you know, all of the uh, topics you post about and and your your routine and strategy on social so I can I I, I can imagine how uh, much of a powerhouse you are internally at SAP to to drive all these programs so thank you so much for coming on our I appreciate it. I mean, I don't see you smile too much, and you smile quite a few times. So I think I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I do when I when I'm on social. I do have to remind myself, like 
if I concentrate, I stop smiling sometimes. I know. <laughs> we all do, though, don't we? I think if you just have a chat with someone, you can just be a bit more natural mm. with it, can't you? No, Shirelle, mm. you're brilliant. I love talking to you the first time, and I've enjoyed it even more on this time. Mm. Thank you so much. And if anyone's watching that wants to see other pre-recorded ones, if you go to the Onalytica or the Tribal Impact Resources page, you will find all the pre-recorded uh, LinkedIn lives there. Mm. And it just leaves me to say, Shirelle, thank you so much. Honestly, you've shared so much good stuff today. You given us a masterclass in digital selling and the three key ways to doing it. Um, you've talked a lot about gamification and incentives, your approach to content and the decision making that you have. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Sarah, so much. it's always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure to be with a fellow uh, SAP alumni, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is helping me learn. It is helping. It's getting me out here, right? This isn't always comfortable. I like talking. I like training. But you never know what this platform is. I, you gave me a lot to do research on before I got here. For that, I appreciate it. But you don't know how it's going to turn out. So you have to put yourself out there. And if you drop the mic, just pick it up and go. Great advice, Cheryl. Brilliant. Thank you again, Cheryl. Thank you, everyone, for watching and your wonderful comments. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.